Good morning. John Wimber gave us this quote. He said, The church is not an audience, but it's an army. And I believe today is going to be an equipping day for the army of God for battle. We started this series with the phrase, Don't lower the word of God to your experience, but let your expectation rise to the level of the word of God. This is a day for equipping us with new lenses in a very practical way and I believe this is going to help us with our battles in life. We live lives that tend to be so hurried and anxious, fearful about everything. We're having regrets about yesterday and we don't think we're enough or we don't think we'll be enough for tomorrow. Not even sure that we'll be able to provide for tomorrow or be enough for those who depend on us. Have we given anxiety a seat in our house? From primary school age right through to the retired, we are seeing anxiety taking hold of the minds of people. We have become a highly medicated people. Have we given in to anxiety and depression and said, oh, this is just the way life is, and given it this permanent seat in our home? Jesus wants to release us from living in the stress sandwich. The stress sandwich, what is that? It's when you put a little slice of today in between two larger slices of the bread. One thick slice being the side of regret of all that didn't quite work out yesterday. And the other side is the bread that's thick and full of worry and stress about tomorrow. And this is what most of us are eating for dinner every day. We're chewing and mulling over the regrets of yesterday and so worried about the what-ifs of tomorrow. But in the process of all of this, we are completely losing the day, the present. The Bible tells us about this, this amazing woman in Proverbs 31. Oh, she's awesome. She's generous. She works late, rises early. She works hard. Her husband is called blessed because of her She runs her own business. She's a skilled woman and a homemaker who lives in the fear of God. And some of her qualities really stand out. Have a look at Proverbs 31 verse 25 in the New Living. It says she is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. In the message it says she always faces tomorrow with a smile. I thought about that phrase, and I know it's in scripture, but is that just for church? Is this scripture something we can live out in reality? Is it even possible to laugh without fear of the future? This woman, she wakes up confident, not worried about her day or situations in the future. Most of us, we're great at church. We sing Oh, what a wonderful name it is, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. But when we walk out into Monday, we're freaking out about small challenges and big mountains. We're not fearless and we're definitely not laughing. So, is it a pipe dream for any man or woman, boy or girl, to laugh at the future without fear? Is the name of Jesus more powerful than what is keeping you up at night. 
making you anxious, making the darkness close in on you. If it is possible to laugh without fear of the future, how could this be? Well, Jesus leaves the scene of feeding the 5,000 at the Sea of Galilee and he tells the disciples, you get in the boat, go to the other side ahead of me, implying, well, I'll meet up with you later. And Jesus went up to the hill to pray, leaving the disciples. He sent them on their way. Oh, but by 3 a.m. they were in the middle of the sea, facing a storm. They were being tossed. They were straining because the wind was against them. See, Jesus didn't tell them the forecast of the storm. Jesus sees them straining and he went walking out towards them on the sea. The disciples were absolutely terrified. But Jesus reassures them and he says, Don't be afraid. Be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident. It's me. And he gets in the boat and the wind stopped. Is this not a picture of us? Jesus died, he rose again, he left us to be with the Father, and he sends us out. We are on the sea of life, and Jesus tells us, I'll see you on the other side. Jesus didn't tell the disciples they would encounter a storm that night, but they were journeying with the miracle man was the supernatural Son of God. They had just seen 5,000 people fed with five loaves and two fish. Should they have been afraid? Should they have had anxiety? Mark 6.52 says, They didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. They hadn't realized that God was a God of daily provision. Their hearts were hard. They had not recognized who he was, that they were not alone on the sea of life. They were journeying through life and its storms with the miracle man. And we too, we journey through our lives, through storms, with the miracle man, the Holy Spirit who was sent to be with us, who will never leave us or forsake us. We, unlike the disciples, have the heads up about our journey He's told us, don't you be surprised by trials. In fact, he told us, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. There's a song in one of the lyrics, the line in the lyrics goes, find joy in every battle because that's where the miracle man will be. Find joy in every battle because that's where the miracle man will be. Have we caught on to the reality that we are journeying through life with the miracle man? We don't need to know everything that's up ahead or how to deal with every eventuality. When you do life with the supernatural son of God, the possibilities are infinite, immeasurable with him. We don't know what's on our seat tonight or what the forecast is for tomorrow. So how can we live and laugh and take an opportunity for joy with no fear and look at our future with no fear? I believe God's saying enough is enough. He wants us to be free, free from the grip of anxiety and the stress sandwich. 
we can't go back and redo yesterday. I mean, we can forgive and we can try and make right as much as we can, but we can't redo yesterday. And we don't even have tomorrow. Even though it's in my Google Calendar, it's actually not mine yet. So what do I have now? I have today. If the way we live in, in anxiety, is not working, then we need to change something. And the Word of God is His voice. And I believe part of the answer is in the Lord's Prayer to us. If I have a look at Luke 11, it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread. Give us day by day our daily bread. This phrase of the Lord's Prayer, it's, it's rooted in the way that God cared for the Israelites in the desert. So they were there for 40, day, 40 years and every day they were given supernatural quail from heaven to feed them at night and every morning they woke up to glorious manna breakfast daily provision daily bread they didn't they were told apart from the sabbath don't even ca- don't even gather anything extra day by day provision god was showing them how to live and laugh at the future without fear because they were traveling with the miracle man bill johnson gives us this this quote and he says we should be addicted to his voice it's too easy to learn to carry yesterday's agenda for today's assignment. It's day by day by day. Give us today our daily bread. Give us, let us win today, Lord. Let us have peace and, and grace today. Keep us from temptation today. Give us what we need today. Lead us today. And this is how we have the possibility to live life without fear of our future is being able to live free of yesterday, not trying to reach into tomorrow, but to live in the power of the present. The miracle man, Jesus, he'll be enough for you today, for whatever you need today. And even if it seems there is no provision for tomorrow, he will be enough for today. But let's talk about Let's talk about what the day means, shall we? The day starts when you go to sleep, not when you wake up. This is where I need you to change your, your concept in your mind. The day starts when you go to sleep and not when you wake up. Our world tells us our day starts when we wake up. Morning, evening, make up a day. But that's not what the Bible says. So let me show you in Genesis Genesis 1 verse 5 says, God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So there was evening, and there was morning, and there was the first day. You will go through Genesis creation, verse 8, 13, 19, 23, 31, all saying the same thing. There was evening, there was morning, third day. There was evening, morning, fourth day, right up until the sixth day, evening, morning. Make up a day. In the Jewish mindset, the Hebrew lifestyle was started at sunset. This was a way of showing the people that 
while you rest at night and reflect on the deliverance of God, the miracle man works while you sleep. While you're awake, when you wake, you see what the miracle man has done. Look at this verse in Exodus 16.6. When Moses and Aaron said to the children of Israel, At evening you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. He led them all day long. He gave them quail at night to eat. And so they knew, they, they were aware of his deliverance. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord. What did they wake up to? Manna. See, when Wayne and I went into ministry, we didn't have any income coming in either. And we decided to get a blessing box. And each night we sat at our dinner table and we would record on notes on paper of what the Lord had provided every single day. Whether it came from a Tesco voucher or parking You name it, it went on that paper and it went in the blessing box because God had been so good to us. And we would hold hands around our table and say, thank you, Lord. Do you know what? We didn't lack today. So you're looking in the evening at the deliverance of what God has done and then you wake up in the morning and you journey with the miracle man. You see, in our society, we've we've turned it around, haven't we? We wake up, we go to work, we go home, and we hope God will do something. This is the formula for anxiety and stress. See, most of the stress comes like the disciples, two, three in the morning. You're on your boat, you're being tossed on your bed, wondering, worrying, feeling anxious, staring at the ceiling, Wondering about how you're going to tackle problems, how you're going to tackle situations and relationships and lack. And we've encouraged people to have time with God in the morning. And I'm not advocating that we don't do that. Time with God and worship and reading the word. But most of us, how our morning starts is we wake up late or press the snooze button. The kids are already going the dog's had an accident. We forgot to get milk the, the previous morning. There's nothing for breakfast. And we race out the door and life begins. And then by 3, a, 3 in the afternoon, it's, it's, it's not that stressful. It's actually I'm doing that last client. I'm running to get kids from school, doing homework, doing the meal. The list of needs just grow and we crash into bed and repeat So why don't we have a look at what the Bible says about when our day begins? Because maybe some little tweaks and adjustments to our night, we would be better equipped to laugh in the morning without fear of our future. Maybe we need to go back to the old way, the rhythm that God gave us for our day. Is this a pathway to learn to have victory at night so we will have victory in the day? So, tomorrow begins at sundown tonight. A rhythm of life with divine encounters with a miracle man. See, this isn't a formula that I'm trying to tell you. It's not a principle. This is a relationship with Jesus Christ, the miracle man. It's about a deeper encounter with him. So what happens when we sleep? It's evening, 
and morning, and it's a day. In the evening, remember God delivered you. In the morning, you wake up to see his glory. I go to bed and I trust. I wake up to see his goodness. There's something about this triumphing while you're sleeping. It, it creates a freshness, an anointing. It creates a conviction of his presence that you carry out through the day. Have a look at this, this verse. Because I know some of you are looking at me like, Really suspicious. <laughs> Psalm 3 verse 5. So now I'll lie down and sleep like a baby. Then I'll wake in safety. For you surround me with your glory. I stretch myself out in sleep. Then I'm up again. I'm rested, tall, steady, fearless. Before the enemy mobs coming at me from all sides. Did you notice it didn't say there's no enemy? There is an enemy, but I wake up, what? Rested, tall, and steady, and fearless. Wow, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to live. And Jacob had this experience, you see. He, um, he left home. And he was in this massively stormy situation, didn't he? And he traveled for a while, and it got dark, and he needed to lie down. So he took a rock, and he... And he lay down and he slept. But while he slept, he dreamt. And there was the stairway from the ground to heaven. And angels of God were coming up and down while he was sleeping. God was right there. And he was sending promises down to him. And he was saying to him, I'll stay with you. I'll give you this ground that you're lying on. I will bring you back here. And I'll stick with you. All this while he's resting. And Jacob woke up and said, wow, God's in this place. He whispered, this is the gate of heaven. Is our place of sleep and rest an open gateway to heaven where heavenly messengers can minister to us and bring answers and promises to us? Charles Spurgeon says it this way, Earth has no words that can convey the holy calm of a soul leaning on Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Lean on Jesus. They have this idiom that we say, sleep on it. Sleeping on something allows you to like separate yourself from the, the, the immediate and then have a look at it more object objectively later. But there's actually been scientific evidence that suggests that sleep has this positive influence on decision-making and your unconscious mind can actually synthesize information better than your conscious mind. I wonder why. Let's have a look spiritually. I think God created it first before they discovered it. <laughs> <laughs> Psalm 16, 7 to 8 says, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart instructs me in the night seasons. Wow. The way you counsel and correct me makes me praise you more. For your whispers in the night give me wisdom, showing me what to do. Look at Job. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, while slumbering on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction in order to turn man from his deed and conceal man from pride. So my heart instructs me 
in the night seasons. Your whispers in the night give me wisdom. Show me what to do next. He opens my ears at night and seals instruction in my heart. This is, think of Joseph. He was in an awkward situation, wasn't he? Mary's pregnant and he didn't do it. (laughs) And he thought, I don't want you anymore. I want to break off the engagement. But then the angel of the Lord visited him in a dream while he's sleeping and said to him, Joseph, it's okay. You need to go on with this marriage. You need to marry her. and Your baby's going to be Jesus and he's going to save the world. And he woke up and he said, okay, I'll do it. He'll do it. God gave Joseph instruction in the night so he had wisdom of knowing what to do in a difficult situation in the day. God works in the night, confirming in the day. He seals up the instruction, because you might be wondering about that, seals up the instruction, so we don't get prideful. Have you ever been in a situation, and it's tough, and you're like, God, I know you've deposited stuff in me, and then all of a sudden an, an idea comes out, and you think, where on earth did that come from? It's because you're... Your mind has drawn on your spirit. What he's deposited in you gives you divine inspiration and wisdom. He's planted it on the inside of you. But it's not for our pride. It's all for his glory. See, there's something about the way we go to sleep. For some of us, it's been a traumatic time. For some of us, you will look at your nights as it was a time of loss. It was a time of abuse. It may be a time of nightmares and it might be a time of anxiety for you. A lot of people find that I'll start my day in the morning, but they're so messed up with their relationships and then they go to bed at night. Have you had that? I've had a fight with Wayne and didn't make up. (laughs) And then you roll around in your bed all night because you haven't made up. You can't go to bed angry. You need to sort it out because you'll turn and toss. You'll wake up in the morning and carry it through to the next day. We need to believe God wants to break this form of lifestyle, this rhythm of life. He wants to give us a new rhythm. The night time is supposed to be what belongs to him. A time from when you crawl into your bed to a place of rest that you are positioned for encounters with God during the night. See, many people, they entertain horrific things at night. Horror movies, violence. If you're a news addict, you really have to be careful because can you come into a place of triumph in your heart before you go to sleep? Or does does it actually cause you to have anxiety when you go to sleep? Does it make you become fearful about the future? And it's not that you need to put your head in the sand and not know what's happening in the world. It's good to know and we need to pray for it. But be careful what you do with your heart before you go to sleep. See, the Lord says, unless he builds the house, you actually labor in vain. If, you, if he's the one that guards the city, he's the watchman, it's vain for you to rise up early and go to bed late and just eat these painful pains of labors. He gives to his beloved, even in his sleep. He gives, he gives stuff to you. He gives stuff in your spirit to make you victorious. 
the, the passion says he can provide for his lovers even while they sleep. No one that I know of has gained in spirituality, breakthrough, miracles, provision, anything, received anything in a life that's full of anxiety and fear. The enemy, he's passionate about moving us away from our peace to places of anxiety, to a fearful lifestyle. But you don't get anything from that. You get it from a place of rest. My dad used to be like that. He used to sit up all hours of the night with his cups of tea and on his table, his desk, and doing paperwork all night long. And then he'd go to bed and be tired in the day. And, and after he'd committed suicide, I went to, through his stuff with, with my mom. And he had books, notebooks. And page after page after page was reworking of the same figures, the same financial figures, just reworked in a different order and coming to the same conclusion. That type of anxiety doesn't bring you any closer to God, doesn't fix any problems. In fact, it drives you deeper into the darkness. This, this verse clearly tells us it's vain. It's stupid <laughs> to do that. We need to give him the watch while we rest. He watches over the watch. Whatever you feel like you need to look after or what look after in life, let him be the watch while you rest. Wayne used to be in the army and he, he would um, be put on patrol with, at night. He would be given a rifle and had to walk around the building and make sure everything was safe, but the guys inside will sleep. Let him be the watch while you watch him and focus on him. God is working while you're resting. Moses and the Israelites, they're caught between the Red Sea and the Egyptians, aren't they? And he stretches out his rod and the sea parts. But all night the east wind blew and dried up that sea so they could walk through. When? At night, the wind blew. They rested while the wind blew. And it says, just before dawn, the glory of God was seen. The Lord looked down on the Egyptian army and the pillar of fire and cloud, and he threw their forces into total confusion. God is working while we're resting. Daniel is another example of that. Daniel's, the king has ordered Daniel to be shut up in that, in that den with the lions. It was evening, and the king suffered all night. He rolled around on his bed, and he woke up in the morning, and he shouts at Daniel through this rock that they'd covered over the, the den with, and he says to him, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God who you serve so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, long, long live the king. My God has sent an angel. And he shut those lions' mouths. And nothing has hurt me. God is working while you're resting. You can sleep surrounded with lions and know that he's working. <laughs> I want to do a, a practical for you so that you really get it and you won't forget when you go home. How's that? I want to pretend this is my night and I'm getting into bed and I'm using a table as an illustration for this. I get into bed 
And let's pretend that this has become like an intimate time, like, like you're on a date or you're on a one-on-one with somebody. And across this table in my night is Jesus. And I look across the table and I see, I see his blood and it reminds me of his deliverance. And it reminds me of his grace. And it reminds me of his love for me. I look at that bread and I say to myself, gosh, I'm healed just because of you. And the love for him starts to well up inside of me for what he's done for me. But as, I, as I'm doing that, I have this person that wants to come and sit down at my table. And they're not invited because it was a one-on-one at the time. And I really wanted to have that focus. And this person is keep pushing to come and have a seat at my table. And I said, I really don't want to offend this person. So I said, okay, why don't you pull up a seat? You just sit there and it'll be okay. And I, I carry on and I focus on my Jesus. <laughs> but before long, he's pushing the phone at me. And he's saying, have you seen Facebook lately? Did you see you don't have any likes? Did you see you don't have very good relationships? Have you seen on Instagram how they're having parties without you? Did you see? And I'm drawing away and I'm trying to look at what Jesus has done for me and and his love for me. But he's drawing me back and he says, you don't have any texts, do you? Where's your friends? They don't love you. Oh, and and then he comes up with paper. Oh, the dreaded Brexit. What are you going to do when this all happens? And he's shoving this at my face and I'm drawing away. But I'm finding it more and more difficult to draw away. Oh yes, you know that, that account that's going the red. Did you see on your, your lovely Barclays app? You, you're in red. You don't have enough money to pay that bill. Come on, let's play a game. It's late. Let's play a game on the phone. It'll, it, it'll pass the time. Or it'll make you tired in the morning. Come on, let's have a cuddle. Let's cuddle up to me. It doesn't matter about what Jesus did. Let's have a drink. Let's, let's, have, let's have a couple of pulls. It'll pass the hours. It'll be okay in the morning if you, if you just have a drink. And all the time, the anxiety is rising and the stress is rising because I'm looking less and less at what Jesus has done for me. I, s- I did a, a preach a couple of weeks ago on I once was blind, but now I see. And I talked about how we need to clear the mechanism, I don't know if you remember, c- to clear the external noises in our lives when we go to sleep to refuse those thoughts of fear, of failure, of His success is our pre-planned provision. It's not failure. It's not to get worried about tomorrow. We're not to accumulate these conversations or negativity in our lives. We have to make a conscious effort in our mind. See, practically, about four months ago, I went to a conference and they gave me a wristband. And when I came home, I realized, well, 
while on the conference, it lit up in the dark. It glows. And this has become my reminder at night. It becomes my conscious reminder to give God my night, to press into his presence and not that stuff. I've brought some today. I brought a whole load of wristbands that glow in the dark, and it says, don't give up. And if you want to start and do this in your life, take one, they're free. I'd like to bless you, because while you're lying there on your bed, allow yourself to get stirred up about his presence and his peace. I told you it's going to be really practical. And maybe some of you already do this. Maybe you've got a handle on it. Well, praise God that you do. But start to show your affections towards him. Acknowledge him. Engage with the Holy Spirit's presence as you lie there. Engage with his peace. It, it's not a time for like asking for prayers. It's not, don't get your prayer requests out or your intercessions or, or all that stuff. No, it's not that sort of time. It's like, do you know how you can be with somebody and just enjoy their presence? Know that you're loved and you're loving back. Just resting in that faithful love that never ends. His faithfulness and his mercies that don't end. And if you wake up in the night... Show that love again towards him. Just The worst thing you can do is actually allow him the seat. Don't even allow him there because it's much harder to get rid of him. Put some headphones in. Worship. Get the word out and drown the enemy's words with the word of God. Start to sing softly to yourself. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. Miracle worker. Promise keeper. Light in the darkness. This is who you are. You never stop working. Even while I'm sleeping. Turn your affection towards him. Engage with him. Encounters with his glory in the night can become the most transformational experience of your life. It says in the word, I'll show you, you can wake up like him and you can have days of heaven on the earth. Who wouldn't want that? Have a look. As for me, I will see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake, awake from sleep in your likeness. He's doing something you're having an encounter in your spirit while you sleep. Have you ever woken up singing a song that we've learned here? Have you ever woken up praying? It's because your spirit doesn't sleep. God's working in your spirit. And me, I plan on looking you full in the face. And when I get up, I will see you in full stature and live heaven on earth. Encountering the glory at night. This is how you can become this Proverbs 31 woman and laugh without fear at the future. Like Jacob, I can encounter the Lord at night and I'll have faith for his promises to be filled. Like Joseph, I can go to bed not knowing what to do in this very awkward situation and wake up with understanding. Like Moses and the Israelites, I can go to bed with the enemy biting at my heels and wake up with deliverance. 
like the Israelites, I can go to bed with lack and wake up and see fresh manna for breakfast, his daily provision. I can go to bed like Daniel, in the middle of a storm, in his loving arms, in his presence, knowing that the miracle man is protecting me. I think there's some people in this room today who have anxiety. And I know that they struggle at night. And they toss and they turn. And I believe today is a day to give your night back to the Lord. And start this journey again. And believe that you're on a journey with the miracle man. Even when I don't see 